Well, I know what we're going to do today. We are going to start a brand new podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of the podcast without a cool acronym. I am one of your co-hosts and face Super superfan, Chance Ellison, and alongside my co-host, uh, fellow Facebook Super superfan, Robert Parker. Robert, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm really glad that we got the ball rolling on this. I am excited to start this podcast. Phineas and Ferb is uh, my second favorite TV show of all time, and this is definitely something that I have been waiting to talk about in this community, and I'm glad that I finally have uh, gotten the avenue along with you to be able to do this. Yeah, for sure. You th- thank God I was thinking of names for my other show, and then I just like randomly podcast had a cool acronym. Yep. That's something. <laughs> that is something. <laughs> Okay, so uh, before we start, you know, Robert, I want to talk to you about. So, uh, how did you? Because like, the first episode we're talking about here is Roller Coach the musical. So, like, what what, what was your past experience with Facing Forever? So this is definitely like the show of my childhood. Uh, I mean, that obviously dates us both a little bit. Um, <laughs> but this is definitely the show that I um, really resonated with as a kid. This is the show that I would go back and rewatch every single episode, like dozens and dozens and dozens of times. I feel like everybody has that those one or two TV shows that just they know inside and out. They've seen dozens of times, and this is definitely it for me. Yeah, no, I, I echo exactly what you're saying. This for me is, yeah, like... And I think it's what's what special about Face of Forever is like it's very relatable because mm-hmm. you look at it and you're like, what's what's the daily struggle? I even said the theme song. It's like the daily struggle of every kid during summer vacation is what are you gonna what are you gonna do in any particular day? Mm-hmm. For most kids, it's nothing. But like, I, th- I think this is like childhood wish, wish fulfillment. You like you watch, you're just like, yeah, I wish I, I wish I could do stuff like this. Exactly. And not only that, but once the actual formula is established, it's an extremely self-aware show, Phineas and Ferb. Uh, it's it's very self-aware. It knows exactly what it is, and they play with that a lot as far as the humor is concerned, which is something that I really liked as well. Yeah, and it's also one of the few like animated shows that, like, first of all, this show we should mention, this show went on for a long time. This is the was the longest-running show on the channel by like a very good margin. By a very long time. <laughs> Yeah, I think it almost like doubled the runtime of the previous uh, long term show, which came possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like this is one of the few shows I can think of that actually gets better the further it goes along. Because like when they, we'll certainly get there. We'll certainly get there at some point. But like, yeah, this this is a show that like is this takes the first season to like establish a certain like formula, a certain you know pattern. Mm-hmm. And it's one like again the later season that like really derives from the pattern, starts like going like. Full on, full on nuts, and that's when I love it first. But like, we, we have we have to start at the beginning. Yes, exactly. I I completely agree. Uh, this is a show that does get better over time, even though at the start it's still really good it, as the formulaic version of itself that we see in this first probably half a season. Um, but it does get better over time as it starts to be a little bit more meta, starts to play with the jokes a little bit more, all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's get into the first episode. The first episode we have talked about is the one that shot the pilot. And that was Roller Coach the Musical. Now, interesting thing about this one is uh, this was actually like th- something a Disney Channel used to do. I don't, don't know if you remember this, but like something they used to do was uh, when they had a new show coming out, they would show it like a few months in advance as like a sneak preview. So like the show itself premiered in uh, February of 2008, but this episode actually came out on August 17th of 20- 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I do have to minorly correct you. Roller coaster the musical isn't until season two. Did I say roller coaster the musical? Yeah, this is just roller coaster. I'm 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 so excited to talk about roller coaster the musical. Um, We'll we'll (laughs) We'll get get to that later. We'll we'll get there eventually. I just want to talk roller coaster the musical. So this is this is roller coaster. So yes. Uh, you know, very quickly you established the so the pole pattern of the show is these two boys, the chatty, upbeat Phineas, and the stoic, uh, I guess British Ferb. Uh, they, they're, they're stepbrothers, and every day is them figuring out what they want to do that day. Usually involves something large, crazy, and just probably somehow not ungodly expensive, even though very well should be. And they're, along with that, their sister Candace, who was voiced by Ashley Tisdale, she was uh, Sharpay in High School Musical, and I can't remember her name in Sweet Love, Zach and Cody. Um, Maddie, Maddie, that's what I was good. Yeah, she plays her sister, who's always trying to, you know, rap. She's she's a rat, basically. (laughs) She's she's the likable version of Randall from Recess. Yes, that's accurate. She's just trying to get him in trouble all the time. Exactly, Uh, she's trying to get him in trouble too. Their very, her very, very non-observant mom, who's voiced by Carolyn Ray from, uh, she was I think Aunt Zelda from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm -hmm. While that's going, while all that's going on, uh. They have a pet platypus, who is also a spy. I I love that even from the first episode, the show is just off the rails entertainment, and it's the best. Yeah, he's it, it, asking a question like, "Wait, why, why, why do they have pet platypus? Why is he a secret <laughs> agent?" He is their pet platypus. They don't do much, uh, Perry the platypus, but he is secretly an agent of the organization without a cool acronym. Yes, hence, well, yeah, we, we don't find out the name of the organization until later, but yeah. That's, For, like, three more seasons, but we get there. Yeah, we, we get there. But, yeah, it's the, it's the whole the whole thing is they, they do one thing, that's the A story, then Perry the platypus is stopping his arch nemesis, Dr. Heinz Dubischmertz of uh, For, Foreign Donia, <laughs> because that's from where Crucial Steam. Well, I, I, I know, but like that's no, where we have like right, a yeah. cartoon bad guy. Yeah, it's all yeah. where are they from? I don't know. I don't know. Make, make up a name. Put put Steam in the title. Yeah, we'll, we'll be good. He's from somewhere. He's from somewhere that is not here. Yeah, I appreciate him and Groove from Difficult Me grew up together. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, they, they, well, they're doing their stuff. Perry the Platypus and Do for they're doing their stuff, and by the end of the episode, the two intersect. And we're going to get into that later. So this one starts out, we're introduced to the brothers, Phase of Verb. Uh, Phase, as I said, he does all the talking. It's pretty much them trying to figure out what they want to do that day. Then they, they just then thinking about uh, a situation that I don't know if you can, I can relate to. It's that they went to a, <laughs> they went to a fair and rode like the world's worst roller coaster, which that always happens. You go to a fair and get in line for a ride that really, that, that ain't nothing. <laughs> It just sucks. Yeah, it, exactly. There's no need to sugarcoat it. It just sucks. Yeah. It's the one the one little uh, bump. You go up and down. For, it's about two feet high, and then you're done. Exactly. That's what they did. It's like, man, that was lame. If I if I were built a roller coaster, it's like that's it, and we get the one of the one of the many catchphrases of the show. I know what we're gonna do today, and then they start to build their roller coaster. And while this is going on, uh. Perry slips away. Oh, that's the other that's the other catchphrase. There's like I want to say like twelve twelve catchphrases on the show. At least. <laughs> At least. At least twelve. It's it's always I know what we're gonna do today, hey, where's Perry? And that's what, what you he, doing. That's when he goes into Yeah, we'll get I'll get into that one in a bit. Yep, yep, yep. And that's when we that's when we get into the uh, another like recurring I guess recurring segment on the show. It's one of the the elaborate entrances of Perry the Platypus into his lair. Yes. Which yes, you gotta the give, first Good. Go 
I was just going to say, the first couple uh, episodes, and I mean, they, they use it a lot, but it's almost like he has a doghouse, and he enters through, like, a hidden door and falls down and then hops into his special agent chair, and then there's his boss, Major Monogram, his son, what to do. But uh, once again, as the show establishes its formula a little bit more and gets a little bit more self-aware, it does create a lot more elaborate entrances of his lair, which uh, are an added level of entertainment for each uh, episode. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Uh, we, f- we find out that, uh, yeah, uh, he said papuses don't do much. Apparently, this one does a lot. He fights crime. <laughs> he fights one criminal. He fights one <laughs> criminal. Dr. Tyus Dushmer, the most... A very inept criminal. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to him in a bit. So we cut back to the main story. And what's going on is they're building their roller coaster. And the mom is leaving for the day, which means Candace is in charge, but it's only in charge conditionally. Conditionally. That's... that's <laughs> If, if uh, what was it? If an asteroid crashes into the house, or was it? Then you're in charge. That's right. Or no, it's if a an, satellite. It's a satellite. The satellite if crashes satellite into the crashes house. To then, Earth, then she's in charge. Into their backyard, then Candace is in charge. Yeah, it's the, like, the most like nonchalant mom ever. Like she, <laughs> she's she's unobservant. She's unobservant as all as anything, but she's she's a chill mom. Like she is a very chill mom until uh, the end of the season. Oh yes, until the end of the season. But uh, so we keep going, and they're built, and they're building. We see them planning, and just like, what are, what are you doing? Homework? It's summer. Fine. You wait till the last minute, then. You wait till the last minute, then. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, That's seeing this, you can really see like something that was really intended for the show that fin- Phineas was supposed to be the more of like the annoying little brother type, but they they like changed course in the middle of the show to make him more of like. Uh, you know, you know, like a precocious child type, which I think yeah. in, the, in the long run works better. Yeah, I absolutely agree. They make him much more of a protagonist for his own story than an antagonist to Candace's story, which is what he is for the first couple episodes here. Um, but I think that was a very welcome change that I think really pays off for him. Absolutely. So uh, we also get introduced to another major character of the show. Uh, their next door neighbor, Isabella Garcia Shapiro. Yeah, she's Mexican mm-hmm. and Jewish. Which they do, make, which they do trust, touch on later in the show. Yes, yes, they do. Who she's got it, she's got it bad for Phineas. Yeah. Oh, she's got it. She's got the bug. She's got the bug. She. I think it was it this episode or one of the later ones where she goes over to their backyard and there's literal hearts in her eyes it's when this, she sees it's them. It's this one. It's this it one. is the very first episode. Yeah, she walks through the gate of the fenced-in backyard, sees him, and just instantly her eyes literally turn into just the cartoon bumping hearts. And uh, it's a great character introduction, really, to be honest. No, it really is. And uh, you, you, you start to think that maybe like that's all. That's all she is. Is like I'm, I'm going to flirt with you. You're not going to notice anything. I mean, keep going. <laughs> but like later, later on in the season, they do actually give her a lot more character development, make her like really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So she's kind of like along. She's kind of like along for the ride. She's deaf. She's. You, you can tell like she's a big fan of what they're doing. You also get a sense that this is not like this is something they do all the time, not just this summer. Hmm. Yeah, this is very much an everyday thing. Because also, it's not like this is the... Uh, the show obviously like just jumps in in the middle of summer. It's not like this is the first day of summer vacation. Um, I mean, obviously, there's more than 114 episodes. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, they really jump in the middle of vacation, so we know that like Candace has already been trying to bust them for a lot of summer. We know that Isabella has participated in their plans a lot. So this, I like how they don't start with their first 
insane ever. I actually really like how they kind of jump into the middle of summer. Exactly, and they also there's that line that Candace has to her mother in the in like the grocery store in a later scene mm-hmm. that they she talked about a scheme that that scheme that they had, and it's like I still don't know how they clean up so fast. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. And you're going, Candace. Candace suggests this movie to the monk. She's not noticing anything, and she's talking to she's talking to her homie Stacy. She's like, "What are the what are the boys doing? Why do you ask? What do you mean you can see it?" And you see the makings see of what? the roller coaster. Yeah, the beginning of the roller coaster. Which man, I thought I thought that was like okay. Well, that's 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 what we're gonna no. That's that's like a sixteenth of it. Yeah, which is great uh, if that if a sixteenth because um. Later, Isabella says, "Are you building a roller coaster in your backyard?" And he, Phineas, just goes, "Some of it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's so. We cut, we cut back to Candace runs to the grocery store trying to get her mom, and we get that's in the middle of that scene. We go into another another like theme of the show, which is like Phineas and Ferb. They're children doing this. Yes, yes, they are. They are children. Another one of the episodic episodic uh, catchphrases. Oh yeah, I. <laughs> aren't you a little young to be doing bl- be doing fill in the blank here whatever they're doing mm-hmm. that day aren't you a little young, young to blank yes yes I am exactly this this time is aren't you a little young to be building a roller coaster yes yes, yes. and they just go along with it oh yeah well all your paperwork in order is in order though I've never seen it filled out in crayon I'm like yeah they can't even write in pen and then they build a roller coaster <laughs> man the, I'm, pretty sure could, I'm pretty sure Phineas could give Rick from Rick and Morty a run for his money yeah yeah no kidding uh, I that's one of the things I love about the episode though, just like the zany silliness uh, of the show in general, and just that everybody goes along with it. Exactly, like the, no nobody dares tell these kids no. Exactly, like they, they're like they gotta be like town heroes in this place. Yeah, I wonder how old they're actually. I've never figured out. Let's well, give it a go. They they figure it out. I figured it out later because. Well, oh, I, there I are know. episodes later. No, there you're are right, episodes you're right. later, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll get we'll yeah, dive into that right. eventually. Right. So, uh, we cut back to the finish. Well, at least the tent of the finish roller coaster. Yeah. And you know, we got Phineas doing his intro. He's being he's being the hype man to his own building or mm-hmm. his, own, his own creation. They pull back the curtains, and this roller coaster is not just big; it is huge. It can only d- be described as moronically unsafe. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> moronically unsafe and moronically unpractical that they built this in one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is, again, like, uh, we, we'll talk about it in another episode coming up, one of my favorite episodes of the entire show. But there's a quote that Phineas just goes, oh, at this rate, we'll be done by lunch. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> how, how quickly they get stuff done in this show is just amazingly funny oh yeah and, and plus like to the scale of things like something i I, yeah. I applaud the animation for it just they they do like scale really well absolutely they, they make everything just like feel their absolute biggest mm-hmm. so uh yeah this, this roller coaster is so it's so big that birds are crashing into it <laughs> like yeah who, who wants to ride first everyone's like Yes! Everybody instantly, the coolest coaster ever! So, who wants to go first? And everybody instantly shoots their hand up as they're going up uh, in the first ride of the roller coaster. He's, Phineas is trying to teach everybody how to put the seatbelts on, and he literally like drops the portable seatbelt that just falls in. And when they're at the very, very top of the peak of the coaster, he goes, you all signed the waivers, right? It's little <laughs> jokes like that that like 
just make this show what it is. Just little throwaway lines that just make it incredible. Like, obviously the big scope and the scale of, like, these are children doing very dangerous but really fun things, that obviously is part of what makes the show what it is. But in my opinion, like, just the smallest little throwaway jokes have me laughing for hours. Oh, no, absolutely. And even you talk about... Uh, talk about, like, the roller coaster ride itself. Like, the way that's animated and the way it's, like, shot, it's, like, it's visceral... It's like mm-hmm. very, it's very crazy. It's like it's very well shot, and even like one of my favorite jokes in the episode is that here comes that ah 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 ah, and this is like it's a bunch of like bumps that looks like A's, and then like a building with an exclamation point in the back. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Look, here comes the ah ah. Yeah, I I just love how they're commenting on it as they go through, and here come the snakes and the mud and like oh, it's so good. Yeah, so we'll we'll come back to the road culture sake because now we got to go mm-hmm. talk about the evil plan. So uh, we introduced, this is also our first introduction to the I guess big quote unquote big bad of the ship because like I, I don't want to call him big bad because I don't know if he's bad he's misunderstood we don't get into that later that he's is also very not, true he's not he's also not very good at being bad which is also a very recurring joke uh, yeah Doctor Heinz Doofenshmirtz who is Perry the Platypus's arch enemy <laughs> so they try to give him a catchphrase at the beginning but like they're only uh, is. I don't, know, I don't know how to describe it, because what he says, like, as usual, your timing is... Is it unpredictable or impeccable? Uh, it's impeccable in the first episode. As usual, your timing is impeccable. By, and by impeccable, of course, I mean completely impeccable. It's always... <laughs> your timing is in blank. And by, and by in blank, I mean completely blank. Yeah. Which you, can yeah. Only, which you can only do that for so long. I'm surprised. They actually dropped that very early on, but I'm surprised they kept it going for as long as they could. Yeah, which again is another draw. Doofenshmirtz, uh, all of his plans, not just his plans, but even just like his character is like so pitifully bad at being a villain that it can't help but be one of the funniest parts of the show. Yeah, like he's he's absolutely hilarious. It's just like from the schemes, like his schemes, like they're they're pretty much like the boy schemes in reverse. Like they are big to the sake of where they're just impractical. Yeah. Uh, in this episode is, of course, he bought up 80% of the tri-state area's tinfoil, and he put it on the eastern seaboard so he can shoot uh, like, a sh- super strong magnet, magnet. through through it and pull the eastern seaboard towards the west and even after like as he's explaining it in this bond type montage or not really montage he's explaining it in his this bond type monologue to perry he even says now you may be thinking how can this help me how could i possibly benefit from pulling the eastern seaboard to the west to be honest i haven't really thought it out that much i mean just the tinfoil itself cost a lot (laughs) yeah just look at that valley you hear that play you're just like huh yeah, Doofenshmirtz is actually voiced by the show's director and one of the co-writers, um, which... Oh, Dan, Dan, sure. Dan, pa- Dan Pavemeyer, yeah. he voices Yes, Dan Pavemeyer. While Jeff Swampy Marsh voices, voices Major Monogram. Which is Perry's sort of... Perry's boss. Boss, yeah. His, his cue, if you will. Yes, exactly. But, yeah, and... <laughs> Yeah, this, this plan is impractical. He was like, what, what, what is this going to do? <laughs> Why? Uh, no, no, he did explain it. So he said it's going to reverse the Earth's rotation. Which... Reversing the rotation of the Earth. Now, how oh, could this help me? Yeah, exactly. Like, 
And you're just like, wait, why? <laughs> even yeah. even the show calls that. It's like, yeah, he, he has no plan. He's just... No, he's got no clue, which is, I love how they establish right from the first episode, within the first, like, five to seven minutes of this episode, that Doofenshmirtz is an idiot, and he's funny, and it's going to be funny to stay with this character for a long time. Yeah, and absolutely. And also, it's also very funny, like, their encounters. So basically, their encounters go, essentially, it's been very same time, so... Uh, Perry shows up, usually breaking breaking down something or breaking through something. Mm-hmm. He gets trapped. Uh, Deuce Perry explains his plan. They escape, fights, and then his plan just backfires on himself. Yeah, once again, very, very formulaic. And it does become very meta and very self, self-aware uh, as the show goes on. Yeah, so uh, in this one, there's a screw like by his feet. He shoots it. It hits like a, like a light cord. And, like, ricochets back into, like, yeah. his <laughs> Which all looks really painful. Like, he literally uses... Perry uses his tail to fling a screw. Uh, it bounces back directly into Doofenshmirtz's foot. And then, somehow, he, like... I think he hits the magnet, right? He, like, bumps into the magnet. Yeah, that's, that's uh, what makes sense. That's, no, no, he, he bumps into the button that releases, that releases Perry. Oh, that releases Perry. Yeah, you're right. And then fight ensues. Yeah, and they're fi- they're fighting with wrenches, like the the lighting changes all red now. Yeah, and also it's also like a great attention detail in the scene because like Perry fights dirty. There's one scene like they're fighting with wrenches, and then he's like whacks him in the foot. <laughs> the same foot yeah. that like the screw, like, screw got stuck. Right, in. The, the screw is still sticking into it too. He Perry hits the screw further into his foot. Yeah, <laughs> so, and that that's when he activates the magnet, and then it doesn't work. So there's a giant tin foil ball, just like barreling at them. Mm-hmm. Is this the first episode where Doofenshmirtz doesn't recognize Perry unless he has his hat on? No, I don't, I don't think it's this That one. doesn't happen yet? Because that's one be, of my favorite running gags. Yeah, I don't I, think it's this episode. I think it might be the next one, if I'm not mistaken. So. Okay. Uh, but either way, so they're trying to shut... They're trying to shut it off. They're, tr- they're trying to shut it off, and they can't do it, so Perry, like, takes, like, the magnet... Like, he tied the magnifier... Not magnifier. I can't magnifier. The magnet amplifier... And ties to a helicopter, so it's uh, so it um. Wait, what that what that do actually? Well, so the the first thing is when uh, Doofenshmirtz's device uh, gets activated, he thinks it's gonna pull the land that's covered in tinfoil. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. It, it takes all the tinfoil takes, off. Yeah, it takes all the tinfoil off, turns it into a ball. And then is just hurtling towards them, and then they realize, oh, it's coming at us at this insane speed, and it's gonna kill us. Help me, Perry! Like, help me fix it. And then, yeah, Perry um, gets the mag—I forget the exact name. It's like yeah, the, the magnetizer. Amp- the amplifier, Yeah, it's not an innator yet. Not, no, the not, first, that was not an innator. The first one's not. It's not an innator yet. Um, but he takes the magnifier to the magnet, uh, gets it onto a helicopter, it attaches itself to the helicopter, and then, which helps uh, Phineas and Ferb with the cleanup of the roller coaster, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but basically, like, the magnet stops working. We see, like, the red beam from the magnet stop working. That's right. Okay. And Perry goes off with the helicopter, but the ball keeps coming at Doofenshmirtz and just destroys his building. <laughs> I, like, I just like, you, you say it, just Perry, but curse you! <laughs> yeah, again, another um, yeah, yeah, catchphrase yeah, yeah. of Cursing yeah, the Perry the Doofenshmirtz Schmerz yells at every episode, but he's like, "You saved us! You have you're the best!" Like blah blah, blah. and then the ball hits his tower oh. and just takes him out. Yeah, another another, another recurring theme is uh, Doofenshmirtz's place getting just destroyed. Yeah, it's just completely wrecked. Yeah, wrecked. So yeah, attaches to a helicopter, which attaches to the roller coaster, 
which mm. just lifts it like away. <laughs> and that's when like that's when, you know how this ride was crazy before. It ain't got nothing on the <laughs> yeah. later half. The well, second half of the roller coaster. Yeah, they where... they, they derail they, they derail, they start flying through the air, they go to I think it's like they go to like Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Uh, yep, they land on a tree that, like, bends them down by Ru- Mount Rushmore, and then it flings them over into Paris. France. Yeah, into Paris by the Eiffel Tower, where they bend Would down they bend the Eiffel too? Tower. <laughs> and then, uh, then, then they, they get go launched into space. And then they see the satellite going, and they say, you know, if that lands on our house, Candace is in charge. Once again, another one of those just small throwaway lines that just has me laughing for so long. And they start falling to Earth. I think that's when they, they didn't, don't they, like, splice a, like, an actual, like, realistic photo of like a landscape in front of them when they're landing yeah i think so they do i think that, yeah yeah like that like the thing's on fire it's going hard and like the thing is like candace trying to get her mom back to the house so they can see the boys aren't there yeah and yeah and then you know and then bust them uh they're go- they're go- the boys are going at the same time the mom and candace are going back and they get back like right at the exact same time. <laughs> like, like no, no, no scratched, unscathed. They're just looking like, hi, mom. Yeah. As soon as she looks in behind their tree, uh, they just wave hi to her. She uh, asks. She goes back to her car to unload the groceries, and then kids who are on the coaster just start falling out of the tree. And it pans up, and the tree is on fire from the roller coaster that landed, like the the roller coaster cart that landed in the tree. Yeah, then, then, then like, yeah, they're talking to Isabella. They're talking to Isabella. Perry comes back. Oh, there you are, Perry. Uh, he, he comes back. Oh no, that's actually on the roller coaster. He landed on the roller coaster, and then yeah, he let, he dropped from the helicopter onto the roller coaster. Yeah, exactly. I forgot about that. That's like, which uh, another funny moment. Uh, Perry's hat flies onto Isabella's head because obviously when Perry is just the platypus, uh, he's on four legs but and no hat, but he puts on a hat when he becomes a secret agent and he stands on two legs. That's right. So just that that sort of dichotomy is really funny. Yeah, so, you know, like, <laughs> what are they going to do tomorrow? That's when we get on another, like, recurring joke in the show. Like, Ferb has maybe one line every episode. At most. At There's most. a few episodes that break that formula, but especially in these early episodes, he gets maybe one line per which episode. Makes, which makes it difficult. This must have been the easiest job in the world for uh, Thomas Brody Sangster, who voices Ferb. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's, it's like, man, man Game, of the, Game of Thrones, they got nothing on this. Exactly, yeah. He's not in that show very well. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure he probably says about as much throughout the, throughout the duration of the show as he does in Game of Thrones. That's accurate. That's accurate. If you take all of his number of lines combined from this entire running show, he probably has about the same amount of lines in his episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah, his first line being in this one, platypus are the only mammals to lay eggs. Like, maybe he'll lay an egg. And you know, maybe he'll lay you know, you know, like, you also get a sense of, like, face and verb. Like, they're, they're, they're tight. They're brothers. And, like, like mm-hmm. even, like, his last line, like, a brother's a brother. I wouldn't have a better – I wouldn't want a better one than Ferb. Because, like, yeah, I mean, like, that's – they they are the duo. They are the twosome. They're the one behind all of this cool Absolutely. crazy stuff. Like, and and which they is, probably they probably bring a lot of joy to this town. Absolutely. Uh, which yeah, I think that's one of my favorite parts of the show is just sort of seeing uh, the relationship between Phineas and Ferb, how close they are with each other, and you know, eventually we start to see a little bit of the origin of them and how they came to be uh, brothers um, or stepbrothers, really. Um, but yeah, I, I really like is how they establish that right away in the first episode. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, final, I, I guess, like, final thoughts on, on the whole episode as a whole. 
Uh, it definitely sets things in motion. I think I don't think it's like the best episode out there. Um, I don't think it's one of the better episodes, one of the best episodes of season one. Um, I really enjoy it. I just like how well it establishes everything that we see improve with time. The relationship between Phineas and Ferb, the relationship with uh, the brothers and Candace, the relationship with Isabella and Phineas, uh, Perry and Doofenshmirtz's relationship. Like, I just love how well it establishes everything right off the bat so we can really see the progression of that as the show continues and just think there's so many more like running gags running things running jokes that they introduce like later in the season that aren't even aren't even in the season like this is like exactly barely, they're, they're barely scratching the surface on this one yeah so uh so uh one so if you had to rate this one to five parries what would you give it so this is four parries for me uh it, it's not perfect it the visual style of the show obviously improves as time and budget and as the show progresses. Um, but I think just for the legacy and for a, a, everything that it established, this is a four parries for me. Yeah, four parries for me as well. Like, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, "This is we. This is weird. This is crazy." And I definitely want to see more of it. Which is, mm-hmm. it's also like a real testament to like the quality of like later episodes, where like the first. Spoiler: This this is I don't think this is cracking out of our top ten, but like for mm-hmm. a first like episode of like a very long running show to not even be one of the best, that's like that's that speaks volumes to the volume to the quality of the show. Yeah, and there there really are. I mean, we'll get to a few of them as this podcast continues, but there are very few bad episodes of this show. Like there are so few that it's really the fact that this one is so good and so like lasting and so memorable from being the first says a lot for how the show continues. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, that's it for this episode. Robert, you want to give your plugs before we head out? Yeah, sure. You can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at R-B-R-T-P-R-K-R-9-8. That's my first and last name, no vowels plus a year. Uh, you can find me doing hosting admin duties at Take 3 Productions with them, and you can find me doing writing and hosting duties with Full Metal Geek. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChanceWars underscore 91. You can uh, check out my personal YouTube channel, Chance the Critic. You can check out uh, other show, other podcasts I do, mainly uh, Series Study and Notorious by Chance, which I both I do with my buddy Russell Howell. And, uh, yeah, subscribe subscribe to this video. We're going to be cranking this out fa- fairly fairly often. We're, we're, we're going to get – I don't know like what day of the week we're going to do this because as of course we haven't decided yet. But, yeah. uh, you know, these will be will – be, Definitely going to be doing these throughout the... We're definitely going to get through the entire show. For sure. I will say that. And trust me, when we get to later episodes, you're going to want to be subscribed. You're going to want to be listening. So uh, Mm -hmm. thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.